We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's right here. We'll see, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I love it. Joanna Loman, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to seeing you the next time I'm in D.C. You have a good night. Yes, I can't wait. All right. So bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. I'm Nick Smith. Today for in for Nicole Burley. This is all I have for News Nation Now. I want to thank you for spending the hour with me. Here's a look at our primetime lineup. But first, The Hill starts right now. pose a potential threat to our national security? Yes. The, the technology that we faced was far superior than anything that we had. UFO transparency lawmakers push for answers in a groundbreaking hearing. Former military and intelligence officials say the government is withholding important information about UFOs. Talk to one of the congressmen who, shall we say, is most skeptical on this issue. It was prompted by a News Nation exclusive interview with whistleblower David Grush. Plus, derailed Hunter Biden's deal with the Department of Justice is off for now. The president's son pleading not guilty to federal tax and gun charges. What caused the sudden change? And a scary moment for Senator Mitch McConnell. He's escorted away from cameras after freezing up at a routine press conference. The moment raises even more concerns about aging politicians. Now a bipartisan issue. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Leland Vitter. Great panel with us. Scott Bolden, former D.C. Democratic chairman. You're already laughing. We love that. <laughs> legal analyst as well. May Malman, former Trump White House attorney, senior legal fellow at the Independent Women's Law Center. Chris Steyerwalt, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. And Julia Manchester, national political reporter for The Hill. We start with this. Uh, all right, Scott, scale of one to ten, how surprised were you? Not politically, legally, the Hunter Biden deal fell apart. Uh, it happens rarely, but it happens. And it's because the lawyers either weren't communicating or the way they wrote this deal up trying to be overly transparent raised other issues for the judge. Normally, this deal of deferred prosecution or deferred sentencing is between the defense and the prosecution, and the judge really has no say in it. The way this was written up, it raised questions. So that's a lawyer thing. This was the wildest deal that the judge had ever seen. In fact, she had asked the prosecutor, ever before, have you offered such a deal that would end future prosecutions? And DOJ said, no, this is unprecedented. So I think that that acknowledgement was a huge, huge moment. But he said politics should take out of your analysis. Legally. I said that to you. I said that to you, not to her. Chris, hold on, Chris. Scale. All right, I'll give you a scale of one to ten. How bad of a day did Hunter Biden and by sort of approximation his father have? Hunter Biden's inability to serve. Look, if if Joe Biden and Hunter Biden believe what they say about Donald Trump and the fate of the republic and how things are and how tenuous our grasp on democracy is and all of that, 
how Hunter Biden and his legal team could make such a hash, could make such a catastrophic hash of this moment is absolutely beyond me. Uh, it is absolutely beyond me that it took Hunter Biden this long to even start entering guilty pleas. This is absolute uh, a fiesta for Republicans who are eager to prebut a, a expected additional indictment of former President Donald Trump. And they want to say, and we've, we heard it on this very set recently, what Republicans want to be able to say is, they're both crooks. Trump and Biden are both crooks, uh, but Trump will lower your taxes and cut gas prices. And that's what the narrative that they want. And Hunter Biden and his legal team gave Republicans exactly what they wanted. All right, Julian, last word before we start. <laughs> yeah, obviously, bad day for the White House. I was watching the briefing after this, and Corrine Jean-Pierre once again asked several times about this. This isn't what they want to deal with going into an election. And also, as uh, Trump is floating, possibly having um, some sort of indictment uh, coming soon, that doesn't help the situation. Yeah, either. and the talking points from the White House change, have changed a few times, even this week. We'll get to that a little uh, bit later. But first, I guess you should say next... Three witnesses today provided explosive testimony to a House oversight panel. They offered more detail than we have ever heard regarding claims the U.S. government knows more about UFOs than it is telling the American public. The technology that we faced was far superior than anything that we had, and you could put that anywhere. If you, if you had one, you captured one, you reverse engineered it, you got it to work, you're talking something that can go into space, go someplace, drop down in a matter of seconds, do whatever it wants, and leave. And there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. All right, that's, that's one of the whistleblowers there describing the technology that he says he uh, had encountered um, from, from his time in the U.S. military. Congressman Tim Burchett, Republican from Tennessee, uh, who's been long demanding transparency on these issues, is with us now. I, I think there's something interesting that that he, he said it's, it's tech, techno, better technology than we ever have. That the technology that, that people have seen and witnessed uh, in videos and in, in these, with pilots citing these, these things, is far beyond anything America has. Are we sure the people who are saying that know everything that America has? Absolutely. These are. Um the best trained pilots, the best, most, uh, their credentials are impeccable. And this is, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's more of this coming out. I've seen other, other videos. I've uh, been briefed on other things. I think what you're getting ready to see, though, is, is, is just a deluge of people coming forward with this type of information. All right. But you, you say they're the best trained pilot. There's, there's a lot of pilots uh, back in the 1980s who didn't have access to the F-117 stealth fighter or the B-2 bomber. And, and I'm, I'm yeah. just trying to get to this. How, how are we positive that the people who are reporting these things aren't just well, witnessing sure, U.S. Sure. technology? Why would they put why would we have 14 near misses documented near misses of our best pilots in the war, of our best pilots in fifty million dollar aircraft. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, if it was the Russians, they would own us. They wouldn't be bogged down in Ukraine. If the Chinese, they'd own us further than they do now. This is clearly something. And, and two, the um, the physics of it in itself, the, uh, the human body would not be able to, to withstand the G force. It would literally rip you apart. It would liquefy you. And these um, these speeds that they're that they're engaging in are just beyond belief. Um, the uh, from zero to Mach three, 
I mean, I don't even know how you even tabulate that. I don't know either, but I, I, that's why I got into journalism was to not do math. But uh, David Grush, who was yeah. on News Nation uh, as a whistleblower talking about what he had seen, was one of one of your witnesses. Uh, and here he is uh, talking about sort of what he was was and was not able to say at today's hearing. Absolutely based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the inspector general and some of which to the intelligence committees. I actually had the people with the firsthand knowledge um, provide a protected disclosure to the inspector general. What are, what are we trying to get at here? Is it that Congress has not been briefed potentially on secret programs, or is it that the U.S. government is in possession of little green men and their spacecraft and just isn't telling anybody and has been able to keep this secret for decades? Well, the Pentagon, of course, as I like to refer to them as the war pimps, they uh, are talking out of both sides of their mouth. One side saying they don't exist. The other side saying uh, we want to study them, send us a billion more dollars. You know, they lose a billion dollars every year when they've been audited. Ever since they've been audited, they've never passed an audit. Yet I seem to be the only one that wants to raise hell about it. Uh, this is it's, it's uncontrollable spending. They're out of control. And, and uh, you know, they blocked. Here's a perfect example. I have a, um, had a bill, uh, an amendment to the FAA uh, reauthorization. It was a simple amendment. It was, you know, follow me. All it said was, if you're an airline pilot and you spot something, an anomaly, a UFO, something like that in the air, it's un unidentifiable. And when you report that to the FAA, that that report will be made available to Congress. Well, I was told by leadership that it was blocked, not by the intelligence committee, but the intelligence community. Now, now we have unelected bureaucrats within the military war complex that are telling elected officials what to do. That should be very but, chilling but, uh, to you all in the media. The, no, I, I look. We're, I'm all for transparency. At, at the same time, you've got national security, and I, look, there's, you know, there's always times that sometimes even you get a hot story, and you're asked to hold it for one reason or another, and then there, there's a decision to be made there. Uh, I've been in those conversations. I, I think the question, though, and I'll, I'll follow the money. Wouldn't the easiest thing in the in the world for the Pentagon to say is, look, uh, China and Russia have all these weapon systems, which they do. And we need more money for them. But we think we've identified alien craft. We don't need a billion dollars. We need another $500 billion to, to ramp up production and to, to deal with this threat from UFOs. If the Pentagon wants more money in, in, to get bigger, wouldn't telling the truth about UFOs be the easiest th way to get it? Yeah, except that, that you have to understand. It, now, if something can travel light years at these speeds and not show a heat sensor or a heat trail, which is what they've, what they've shown in the FLIR and all the other satellite, or uh, excuse me, the, um, the, there's really noisy out here, some knuckleheads out here having a party. Um, <laughs> if they had that technology, Im Im imagine, imagine that uh, you know, these congressmen think it's three o'clock, it's, it's, it's already time to start partying, I guess. But imagine if they had that technology. What would we do? What, what would we do uh, I mean, there, the energy complex, the people that go fight our wars, the Pentagon, they'd be out of business because we wouldn't be over in the Middle East. We wouldn't be in Ukraine. We wouldn't be fighting these worthless wars all over the world. The, the, the billionaires 
would have to come answering to us because we would could heat our homes, uh, we could we could cool our homes in in the in the summer, we could heat our homes in the winter, and it, it would put them all out of business. All right. And so you know they contain this thing, they keep it, and and they just feed it out to us piece by piece by piece. And you know right. we're like Pavlov's dog, brother. They ring the, they well, ring the you, bell you, and we come running. I wish hey, look, you, you, know, I, you I, I wish you all in the media would start asking questions about the financial disclosures of some of these members on both sides of the aisle that block this legislation. Yeah, I, Start I, looking I, at I, that, I'm follow asking, the money, and it, about, it'll paint that path. Yeah, we've been, we've been asking a lot about the, the financial disclosures of all the members of Congress who've been uh, beating the market uh, over the past couple of years with their stock trades as well. Uh, Congressman, look, I got to give you credit. You've always you've been on the forefront of this issue and you're always willing to come on and talk about it and answer the questions and something we admire and appreciate. Uh, I guess go join the party. Have a beer with them if you want or uh, head back to the office. We'll see you soon, sir. Yeah. I'm a teetotaler, but thank you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. We'll get... hey, and I do. And I appreciate one thing about you all. You all are straight yes, down the middle on every well, issue I've ever been involved with. And that's why you all will succeed, and I congratulate you. I don't, I don't care what party you're in. This, this thing today was bipartisan. Um, yeah, it was. It was bipartisan straight down the line, so thank you. Yeah, th- thank you, sir. We appreciate the kind words. You're always welcome back, uh, back now uh, with the panel. All right. Is there, look, I ask a fair question. Is there anything we learned in this hearing that was other than conjecture, secondhand knowledge, and promises that moves the ball down the court to little green men with spacecraft somehow visited Earth. Yeah. Anybody hear anything? I liked his close. I thought his closing yeah. mar- remarks Very. about how great News Nation uh, is were <laughs> right on the money, and I, I associate myself. With you got to save that interview. That's, That's a right. classic. But Mark the tape. You know what my. Yeah, you know what a good takeaway from this, though? It, it was very bipartisan. And this is something we rarely see with these hearings where we hear these members trying to get sound bites, trying yeah. to get those sound bites promoted. So I think that's a big takeaway. I, I think the pathway to whether these hearings are worth it or not is the angle that there's this conspiracy and cover up. Not so much whether the UFOs exist or not, but why. The Pentagon and DOD have not been transparent about it. These whistleblowers appear to be credible, although I didn't hear one say, I've listened, I've talked, I've touched a UFO or an alien, if you will. They, maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but the, the main ones have not. And that is, merits an investigation, not by a congressional committee, but by some commission or some authority that has subpoena power. All true. And back during the 1980s, the U.S. government did recover a UFO. They had... Uh, you know, men in black helicopters go off and seal off an area where something crashed. Area they called 51. it. They called it. An, no, well, oh, it was no. outside of Area 51. Mm-hmm. Turned out it was the F-117 stealth fighter that mm-hmm. had crashed, and it was a, it was indeed a secret government program. Matt Gates just tweeted several months ago. My office received a protected disclosure from Eglin Air Force Base indicating there was a UAP incident that required my attention. On and on and on. How he saw a picture, and it was a diamond-shaped group of orbs, and on and on and on. Chris, this is also where the 96 test wing operates out of Eglin Air Force Base, where the Air Force operates their their darkest of dark projects. This would be the question. Is it right to say it's a government conspiracy to cover something up when there's a lot of evidence that would point to this is simply sightings of 
a U.S. government defense program. In a conspiracy as vast as the one that the congressman was describing, if we're entertaining these this, this yeah. scope mm-hmm. and we're open to, and we know that the government lies about stuff and has lied about stuff, you don't have to go all the way back to the Pentagon Papers to find examples of the government lying to the citizens. But if we're entertaining the possibility of a conspiracy so vast, if I were the military-industrial complex, and I'm not, I should state for the record, <laughs> I am not. You say you're but not. I, but that, we, what, what would you expect right. the military-industrial <laughs> complex to say? But if I was a military-industrial complex, I would love for people to believe in UFOs and that UFOs were here because I now have cover for everything else that I'm doing, right? The discussion about UFOs, if it's whether it's Groom Lake or uh, on the Gulf Coast or wherever, say, I don't know. Don't ask too many questions. It may be the spacemen, uh, and that probably would provide me some cover. So I think... And more money, too. And, and well, I thought I thought Leland's question was excellent, which is if you wanted to scare people into giving you more money, right. what would be more terrifying yeah. than the than the other species with uh, with G forces that what did he say could liquefy, liquefy, liquefy a person? Yeah. I mean, uh, Americans are strongly anti liquefaction of people. <laughs> and I think you could get a lot of dough if you were smart enough to get yourself past liquefaction into the earth, then w- why would you just crash your plane, let the military scoop you up, and <laughs> call it a day? They're in so, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's slight flaws in the theory right, that we right. have to work through. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't even make the transition from, this, from UFOs to Wilmington, Delaware, where Hunter Biden's plea deal with the government is now on hold. We told you this. This after the judge overseeing the hearing had questions about the scope of the deal. News Nation's Johanna Mosca joins us. All right. Uh, welcome to, to the panel. We are, we already get, it says we, we, they want us to bring in Scott with first, but we haven't heard from you yet. All right. Um, <laughs> we're talking, we're starting the 7 p.m. show by saying no matter how bad of a day you, the viewer, had, Hunter Biden had a worse day. Uh, does that, in yeah. your mind, extend to the White House and Hunter's father as well? Absolutely. So, Leland, first, before we move off of UFOs, I just have to say they may not be men. They may not be men. So (laughs) we don't know. Um, Okay. so on the Hunter Biden stuff, though, I don't know. (laughs) You said little green men. (laughs) Little green men over and over, and then it they was can like be green and, humanoids. <laughs> yeah, how do they you know they're green, human? green women? We don't know. <laughs> but okay. no, the, the Hunter Hunter Biden stuff completely messed up the White House's day. I mean, Leland, they wanted to. They started the press conference talking about at the White House talking about the extreme heat and the measures that the White House is trying to take to proactively plan for extreme heat in different communities. They wanted that to be the focus. And instead, yet again, Hunter Biden and his really unfortunate uh, ability or inability to follow the law and uh, behave at all is at the forefront because evidently his lawyers or whoever didn't do a good enough job to check exactly what they were going into today. So, you know, the the truth is Hunter Biden wasn't going to go away anyway because the congressional Republicans were going to bring it up. But this just makes yeah. it worse. And the, the Democrats yeah. need to acknowledge if Trump is not the nominee, if there's someone unimpeachable in the general election, this will be an issue for Joe Biden. And so, you know, I, I think we need to address it more than just saying it's a personal matter, which is what they yeah, said. No, it, it, and that's what Korean John Pierre said uh, from the Scott, Scott mm-hmm. there, there's two points to this. One is I think Johanna makes a great, great point, which is that. 
the Republicans were going to keep bringing this up no matter what. But a Republican congressional investigation, which is ongoing, is very different than a DOJ criminal investigation with the power of the FBI and the IRS investigators. We can't forget that, what was it, last week you had IRS whistleblowers testifying? Yeah. yeah. So th- this, this has like, is this kind of like a boulder that comes off a hill? You don't know what it's going to crash into? I don't think so, because it's a false comparative. You're talking about the president and or his son, and right now the target is his son, although ultimately if they can get beyond the hearsay and double hearsay that somehow there's this big bribery thing. But with this case, with this case, the reason this didn't happen today had very little to do with Hunter Biden, but more with the lawyering on both sides. And what the underlying piece to this is, is that what we challenged when we first heard about this plea deal. The defense lawyer said, this is it, because no defense lawyer worth his salt would plea his client out if there was an ongoing investigation into particular other matters, if you will. And you heard today confirmed by the prosecutor, chosen by Donald Trump, that the investigation continues. And what bothered the judge most is what I can glean is the fact that the original deal was going to free um, uh, Biden from these charges and any other potential charges. And you can't do that. This isn't some civil agreement where you have a waiver, you have waiver language where whatever right. other claims and so forth and so on. And so that's bothersome. Now, uh, the law firm has got to also answer as to whether they tried to manipulate what was filed by yeah, the GOP congressman. That's a whole other issue. But, but both sides should have done a better job of choreographing this because there was no other case going on in this world right now, but this case, at least vis the I'm media holding, coverage. I'm, I'm trying to hold May back from jumping in with my eyes, but it's not working. Well, right. If you say that, that this is though, bad lawyering, it was the bad lawyer lawyering on, on one side sides. is the Department of Justice. Yeah. It's not some They're private imperfect. lawyer. They're and imperfect. so here is the problem with this deal, is that there was a written portion of the deal that mm-hmm. Republicans already said was a sweetheart deal. Mm-hmm. But we are finding out now that there was an unwritten agreement that is actually unprecedented, as you said, to cancel the rest of the criminal investigations. What are those criminal investigations? And that is what brings in Joe Biden. This is why well, it's how, not a hundred. Well, no, no, no. The, 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 the other issues that are being investigated is the Foreign Lobbying Act that he may or may not have violated. That doesn't get to Biden. You just want to connect his son to him in order for political purposes. But this is this young man's life who has, who has, who has overcome a drug problem. And, and that's the reason Foreign he's before the criminal too. justice system. Foreign lobbying with his father. Uh, well, that that that, I don't think that that's, that's the case. That's, I mean, that's the allegation. Right, that's the right. allegation, and and now they're the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden continues, and potentially. And we why see, plea out if you've got ongoing investigations? Right. No, it, it, made, it made no sense politically so, to put it right. to take it off the front page of the political discourse, and that didn't even work. So yeah, no, Democrats right, right. had a bad day today. <laughs> <You're> happy. <laughs> It's not a concession. That's just a report. I, you know, it, it did, well, I, I'll put it this way. Uh, among everybody, uh, including our, our esteemed panelists in, in Los Angeles, there is uh, agreement on that, uh, which, says, which says a lot. Well, it's good to see well, you. And that's oh, the go thing. Ahead. You get the last word. Good to see you, too. I was going to say, there's there's legal immunity, and then there's politically political immunity. And look, I don't think when you, we've got pictures coming out of him in a convertible, his father's convertible, you know, with bikini-clad women. There's no political immunity right now, so somebody has to figure out getting Hunter on the right page and, like, painting and just plea and cooperate. I mean, my God. So we will see if that happens. <laughs> look, look, so, so far in the first 22 minutes, we have had uh, Hunter and bikini-clad women and UFOs. I don't know how we're going to top it. 
But we're going to try. <laughs> Homeland Security know, Chief Alejandro Mayorkas uh, faces off with Republicans today. They want to remove him from office, perhaps. We'll talk with one of those Republicans next. It's an era of politics like we've never seen. A new kind of politics needs a new kind of program you can trust. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Leland Hitter. Introducing The Vice Hill. President Mike Pence joins us now. I welcome President Biden taking his record to the American people. DC's definitive source for nonpartisan political news. The Hill, weekdays at 5, 4 Central on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me, and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. As a teacher, I should know the answers. But with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, answers don't come easy. Steroids made my gut feel better, but they brought symptoms and risks of their own. A friend told me about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and they helped me find a specialist. We talked through the pros and cons and landed on a new treatment. I feel like the guy with answers again. Don't wait. Make sure you have the latest info and the best plan for you. Spill your guts. Learn more at SpillYourGuts.org. We are the Veterans Health Administration, and our hands provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Join hands with us to make an impact in your community. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. The Supplemental Security Income Program provides monthly payments to help meet basic needs, like putting food on the table, paying the rent, or buying new shoes for growing feet. You may qualify if your income and financial resources are low, and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. Call 1-800-772-1213 or go to ssa.gov SSI to start to apply. Produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. They on the border, in the air, at sea, across the country, and around the world because of the Department of Homeland Security. Did President Biden tell you to, to open up the border, or did you... The border is not open, Congressman. The Mexican government is captive to the cartels. They are doing the bidding of the cartels, and based on your response today, so are you. 
Pretty serious charge there. Republicans went on the attack today against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Joining us now, Republican Congressman from Texas, Tony Gonzalez, on the Homeland Security Committee, representing a district that stretches 800 miles along the U.S.-Mexican border. It's good to see you, Congressman. Um, I'll start with the numbers, Um, and this is what the White House continues to point to. Southern border uh, monthly apprehensions, April 211,000, May 206,000. June, 144,000. You you got to at least give them credit. The numbers are going in the right direction all of a sudden. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, the numbers are down, but we're still talking over 100,000 people coming over the country illegally every single month, which is going to equate to over a million people a year. So in a district like mine, which is two-thirds of the Texas-Mexico border, it's still hell for us every single day. Thankfully, we're out of school, so our schools aren't going into lockdown because it's summer, but we're still finding bodies every single week in, in our ranches. We're having high-speed chases through our towns, and the chaos and the nightmare hasn't ended. Yeah, no, look, I, I hear you. I was, I've been down on the border. I've, I've been in the towns when, when there were chases, and I've been been on the border uh, with Texas uh, Department of Public Safety. The Homeland Security Department now won't let us go out um, with them to see what they're experiencing. I'm just looking at this from a political perspective um, in that the border was such a huge issue in the 2022 election because you kept having these huge, huge numbers. Uh, by Democrats and the, the administration now taking at least a little bit more of a proactive approach to the border, does that defang the Republican argument a little bit? I mean, I don't think so. I think the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, when you have Democrats claiming victory where there's only 140,000 people coming over illegally, I mean, if you want to run on that, good luck. Uh, Also, you know, the the everyday citizens are impacted by this. Uh, What I'm seeing is you you don't see the White House talk about legal immigration. You don't see uh, folks talk about legal immigration. There's an opportunity here for House Republicans. If we can talk about we can be the party of legal immigration, all of a sudden you, you have a message that resonates across all 435 districts to say, hey, look, we believe in law and order. We also believe in those wanting to seek the American dream the right way through the front door. It's why I introduced the Hire Act, and this focuses on work visas. It takes work visas, simple bill, only three pages, takes work visas from one year to three years. It encourages legal immigration, and it allows us to double down on illegal immigration. All All right, so look, you can spend the time in these hearings beating up on Alejandro Mayorkas, and we can all agree that the, the border policies have certainly led to a lot more people coming across during the Biden administration. That's just, that's just obvious and factual. You could also spend these time, this time trying to come up with, and I'm going to laugh at myself for saying this, bipartisan immigration reform, something that we've been talking about for 20 years, is overwhelmingly popular with the American people, uh, that seems to have absolutely no chance of going anywhere in Congress, would that be time better spent for the American people? I think the American people demand results. And they're seeing, hey, look, it doesn't matter. They're seeing, you know, Republicans blaming Democrats, Democrats blaming Republicans. In a district like mine that is two-thirds of the Texas-Mexico border, we just want the problem to go away. We just want our lives back. It doesn't matter whose fault it is or who solves it. How do we just get to to some sense of normalcy? It's why I introduced the Higher Act. It has 11 Republicans and seven Democrats. I mean, it's unheard of to get 18 members of Congress. 
rolled it out last week. It's only been, uh, we've only worked on it for a week. It's, it's things like this that I think we need to bring this country back together. We need to mm. stop looking at it through the lens of whose fault it is, and we need to look at it through the lens of how does this solve the problem. If, you know, if you're an American and you're tired of waiting 30 to- minutes to get your beer, the Higher Act can help you. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and you can see and if you're tired of waiting 30 minutes to get your beer and you're also tired as a business person of trying to hire people, uh, literally. Hey, Congressman, uh, I didn't know about this. I'm glad you, you talked to us about it. Here's an invitation. Bring one of the Democrats who's supporting this as well, uh, and we're going to have you both on and sit down and talk about it, all right? Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. We'd love to have you back. Talk to you soon, sir. Thank you. All right, Chris, uh, and the Higher Act will go precisely where? Well, look. The the secret, the dirty secret of Washington is that most people agree on immigration. There's broad national consensus on immigration. There's even a real consensus inside the parties about basic things that have to be done. But if you vote for it, you lose your primary in a lot of cases. So I applaud the congressman for, yeah. for trying to do Somebody's it. Somebody's trying to do. Because the reality is about 70 percent of Americans agree on immigration, which is they want strict enforcement of the laws that exist. They want a secure border. They want those things. But they want a pathway to citizenship for people who are here illegally but haven't committed other crimes. That wins in poll after poll after poll after poll. Kind of like term limits. That's right. It, well, that, that, there, there's another reason. Uh, there's another reason for that one. But on this one, it is another uh, another consequence of our badly broken primary election system, yeah. which is that the parties can't deliver the results that, that the general public wants because they're going to displease 6% of the electorate and get and lose their seats. All right, this is going to bring up not only term limits, but the issue of age limits, which Good happened boy. on Capitol Hill today. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell abruptly froze, and it was a truly terrifying moment. During a press briefing this afternoon, you can see him standing there motionless at the microphone. He was eventually escorted away by Senate colleagues. It took nearly 30 seconds. He stopped talking and waited for 30 seconds. He later returned to the mic, uh, where it was clear other senators uh, realized sort of how stunningly serious the situation was. Take a listen to his return. Can you address what happened here at the start of the press conference? And was it related to your injury from earlier this year where you suffered a concussion? Is that fine you're fully able to do your job all right Ooh. this is incredibly serious um because not only is mitch mcconnell a lawmaker but he is a leader in this country he has a lot of control over what happens what goes down in congress and if we're going to talk about joe biden and the issues he's facing with his age we need to talk about uh mitch mcconnell diane feinstein this is a bipartisan issue um and it needs this is something that really needs to be looked at i know that ageism is obviously a thing but this is this is the government of the united well, states Julia, I, I, and we have to say this is uh, a different issue set for Republicans because Mitch McConnell was a one-man guardrail. Uh, A lot of the things that Donald Trump wanted to do and didn't get to do were because Mitch McConnell has enormous credibility Mm. that he built up over years with Republicans. And as John Boehner went down, as Paul Ryan went down, Mitch McConnell was sort of the last adult in the room for the Republicans for a long time, and it gave them a lot of confidence. You saw the look on John Barrasso's face, Dr. John Barrasso, as he was looking at McConnell. 
if there is no Mitch McConnell, what happens inside a Republican Party where Kevin McCarthy becomes the lead dog? Mm-hmm. Uh, who will be a guardrail on Trump? Who will stand up you, to do this? It's a tough spot. Let me ask it a different way, and, I'll, and I'll, any of y'all can answer it. How do Republicans, to your point, Julia, attack Joe Biden on a health issue if you can't honestly deal with, with this and talk about this with Mitch McConnell? But at the same time, how can Democrats, Scott, attack Mitch McConnell in this moment when Democrats won't have, say, word one about John Fetterman, who does that virtually every day? I don't know if he does it every day. Uh, You haven't been watching the tapes I have. Well, okay, I can see that. But this is a health issue, though. You know, I don't I don't get into the ageism because age, I don't think you can discriminate against anybody with, that has that is older. What I what I get into is whether they can do the job and whether they mental health acuity. is a yeah. mental acuity and whether their health is an impediment. And in that today, that was a health impediment to him communicating with the public in a very important position. Well, if you saw that, if you saw that with Biden, right, if you uh, Biden wasn't functioning like that, and I'm not doing a political comparison. If he wasn't, I would join Republicans in saying, we got to do something about this. But it's not age. It's health and their ability to perform. But there and that ought to be the only standard. You know that ought to be the only standard. I'm being told to wrap, but the two of you will be back on the 7 p.m. show to discuss exactly <laughs> this issue. 7 p.m. Organic Eastern. tease. There Organic we go. tease. There we go. All right, I got two teases for On Balance here in the show. Coming up, <laughs> Donald Trump's plea to the Hill... He has a big lead in the GOP presidential primary. So why is he asking Congress for help? We'll talk with Trump's former White House communications director, Anthony Scaramucci, standing by on deck when we come back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Congress, if you will, please investigate the political witch hunts against me currently being brought by the corrupt DOJ and FBI who are totally out of control. They don't go after Biden with all of his corruption, the most corrupt president in history. All right. Former President Donald Trump in a new video pleading with members of Congress to take up his cause. A new federal indictment of Trump could come here reportedly any day. President Trump, as you heard, is doubling down on his claims of political persecution. Joining us now, Trump's former White House communications director, Anthony Scaramucci. Good to see you. Uh, what exactly is Congress going to investigate that they aren't already investigating? I, I genuinely. Well, I think that's a uh, slow roll message to them. I mean, he's a great communicator in some ways, and I, I think he's garbling that. He's he's trying to send a message to them: slow roll this investigation. You better get behind me. I'm going to be president again. And even though you saw people running for their lives, and even though you've heard me on tape premeditating the organization of that. Uh, you got to disregard that and gaslight people on my behalf. And if you don't do that and I become president again, uh, it's going to be bad for you. That was the message that he said there. That was like the Trump decoder ring that I pulled out of the cereal box this morning. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> there must be some cereal box. Scott? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's uh, got a Anthony lot of Scott. orange like cereal in that box. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anthony Scott Bolden here. Um, you know, I think you told Chris Cuomo last month, I think he eventually ends up dropping out of the race. I'm, as an attorney and white-collar criminal defense attorney, I've said the same thing. As a practical matter, it can be really difficult to run for office, any office, and face not just one indictment, but several indictments at the state and federal level. Do you still feel that way? And why? Well, I do feel that way probably for the same legal reasons that you feel that way. Um, you know, there is some people that I talk to inside Trump's orbit that are suggesting that Jared and Ivanka are back on the scene and they were with him recently in Bedminster and advising him if they come back into the campaign, I'm going to want to alter my thinking on this. I, I don't think this is as much about the legal stuff. It's a component I think it's about the family stuff. I think he shoots in the dark without his family, uh, and he needs them to be a little bit of a counterbalance for him. And they're also a garbage collection group of people for him. You know, they they call the people that he offends and say, ah, you know, you didn't really mean that. You got to stay in the uh, game with us. And he doesn't have that now for twenty twenty four. He had it in sixteen and twenty, um, and without that, I think the combination of the legal stuff. And the lack of his family's presence right. is going to knock him out of the game. It, what, where, in what Dakota ring does it ever say that Trump quits or leaves or backs down? Because that's something that people have predicted since 2016 when they said he wasn't going to run. Yeah. Then he mm -hmm. was going to lose. Then he wasn't going to run after 20. This is we're predicting something or you all are predicting something. I'm not predicting anything. You all are predicting something that he has never done before on anything. Well, I don't think it's ever been done before either that a presidential candidate is indicted in four different places, literally arrested by four different organizations of law enforcement. So, yes, I hear you. The whole rhetoric around Trump is that he doesn't walk away and he's never going to back down and all this sort of stuff. But he has hinted that he would fake an illness the same way he hinted in 2016 that this election is a fraud and after Hillary Clinton wins it. I'm going to declare fraud. Uh, he did the same thing in 2020 when he lost the election, uh, both of which were big lies, by the way. Of course, those uh, elections were legitimate. So this is a unique situation. He has an avalanche of criminal activity going on. He has the absence of his family. Um, and I think it's going to be hard on him. And you're not going to see it until he gets pummeled in the debates a few times. Uh, Governor Christie's going to be up there firing away at him. Uh, and I think he's shakeable this time. And so we'll we'll have to see. But those messages are messages of intimidation, Leyland. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's coming for those congressmen and women if they don't support him. Well, yeah, if he shows up for the debates. Hey, Anthony, this is May Mailman. And is it a little bit, I guess, pathetic for him to pers to out loud threaten Congress people? Wouldn't you want to just be sort of joyful on screen and then have your people say, hey, you need to start this investigation. You need to really ramp up. But this like lonely solo shot just feels it feels lonely. It feels like he's out there kind of grasping. OK, so now we actually really do have to use the Trump decoder ring, because what you said <laughs> is what a normal person would do. And so now let's shift the ring a little bit. He could never do that. Number one, that's not enough attention for him. Remember, the two things that Mr. Trump always wants is attention and money. And they flip back and forth in his mind. Uh, number two, my guess is those congressmen and women are not calling him and are trying to stay away from him. 
uh, sort of that passive aggressive conflict avoidance, if you will. So this is a way to uh, blast out to all of them at the same time and get all of us here on this network talking about him. And so that checks a lot. For for whatever it's worth, I've heard him doing both. That, that there's also a, a group of his supporters yeah. who are threatening and, and conjoling, uh, quote unquote, behind the scenes. Anthony, it's good to see you as well as always. Good Thank you. you. Um, glad glad you ate whatever cereal box you did this morning. Coming up, <laughs> bombshell testimony as Congress holds a hearing on UFOs. If everyone could see the sensor and video data I witnessed, our national conversation would change. I urge us to put aside stigma and address the security and safety issue this topic represents. Three witnesses tell their stories at the Capitol. Elizabeth Vargas next on her biggest takeaways. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says. Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Day one, the hardest day. The day you hear. This is a type of blood cancer. But day one is just one day. At the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, we are here to help you move past day one. On day 45, I discovered an online community who shared great tips for in-treatment care. I missed a lot of school during treatment, and LLS helped me keep up. To learn more and get help on day two, day 28, or any day, please visit LLS.org or call 1-800-955-4572. Serving in Afghanistan, I was shot in the head by sniper fire. I was given a 5% chance to live. I'm Adam Alexander, and I'm a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I tell kids that with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is being there for the next generation. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Sherry. I'm John. I'm a pharmacist. As we were starting to age, it's like, well, how can we help our cognitive abilities? We saw Prevagen. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I'm a pretty great multitasker. I can wash dishes and do laundry. I can roller skate while walking my dog. I can even order lunch while doing my homework. But I can't use my phone while driving. A distracted driver is one of the leading causes of death in the United States. So when it comes to driving, please, don't be a multitasker. Don't drive distracted. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. 
For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. I'm going to be sending a letter. Uh, I'm going to be working with uh, uh, members of the Oversight Committee to get Mr. Grush into a skiff. You heard a lot of his answers today that are classified information that he provided to the Inspector General. We want to see that. Uh, and so I think that's the next step here is to get that information in, in, in a secure facility. All right, that was Congressman Jared Moskowitz after today's UFO hearing. Revelations made by one of the witnesses, David Grush, now have lawmakers pushing to get more information. This time, as you heard, in a SCIF, which stands for Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility, a space for classified briefings. It's specifically designed to prevent eavesdropping. Joining us now, Elizabeth Vargas. All right, uh, big takeaways in terms of evidence, new things we heard, Elizabeth? I don't think we heard a whole lot new. We did hear a lot more detail from the two former fighter pilots who talked about their own encounters with UAPs and how remarkable and dramatic they were, how convinced they were that they would not be able to defend themselves had the encounters turned hostile in any way. David Grush was not able to reveal a lot of information uh, because so much of it is classified. And members of Congress, you could tell, were frustrated by the fact that they had not been able, had not been granted access to a skiff in which they could look at his classified whistleblower complaint. It was interesting, however, to hear from David Grush talk about the fact that he had experienced severe retaliation and several of his colleagues had been, quote unquote, brutally retaliated against when they tried to raise the alarm to to tell members of Congress about what was going on. Overall, Leland, it was really uh, remarkable to see the bipartisan nature of the hearing, how seriously all of these congressmen were taking this, how much they all pledged to continue continue their quest to get more information, not only from the military and from the Pentagon, uh, from the intelligence services, not only for them, but also for the American public. One of the congressmen asked, as I'm sure you saw specifically, how this secret program that David Crush claims exists was funded. They had not um, authorized any funding for it. And David Grush said, I can show you exactly not only how it's funded, but exactly where all these non-human craft are being kept. So lots to be uh, followed up on after the hearings. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, for sure. All right, Elizabeth, thanks. Uh, What, six minutes uh, until Elizabeth Vargas reports right after the Hill, 6 p.m. Eastern. Coming up, the biter in chief, President Biden's dog commander, is getting a bit too rough with Secret Service agents. What that means exactly next. In Washington, when we are covering the president's dog, (laughs) President Biden's dog, Commander, uh, evidently is in the doghouse. We actually don't know if he's in the doghouse. He may deserve or perhaps belong best in the doghouse. He bit Secret Service personnel at least four times in a 10-month Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can we go back to that picture? Wow. Yeah. Oh, the is that the dog. cocaine bear or is that the president's dog? Jeez Louise. Yeah, well, right. uh, I mean, you've heard of the cocaine sharks off the coast of okay, Florida. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Time's up, as a matter of fact. That's who brought the bag of cocaine in. I'm glad you figured it out as a Republican. Marcus, <laughs> here you go. The government has a trove of information about UFOs, and it's running a tightly coordinated cover-up operation to keep it all secret from Congress and the American public. Those were among the explosives.